Hey, Peter Navarro here with a little bonus podcast. Love Johnny Katz, the WABC Giant. Talking a little bit now with Johnny and the group, great group by the way, about the UAW strike and more. Take a listen. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now here's John Katz and Matidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And joining us now is Peter Navarro. He served in the Trump administration. He was assistant director, uh, assistant to the president, director of trade and manufacturing. And, of course, right there on the front lines of so many issues with trade. Peter, we want to get your take. First off, you wrote a really powerful article about the UAW and how uh, the strike that's going on now, that could cripple uh, the country economically how it would have been handled a lot different uh, if it was a different president. A- explain. Four years, just about four years ago to the day uh, the UAW strike against GM was going on uh, more than 30 days. Um, I was working at the White House, as you know. Uh, the boss, President Trump, was, was very concerned about the economic impacts, uh, gave me the green light to see what I could do. And within 48 hours, uh, I was able to act as a mediator and get that strike solved. Uh, to the benefit of both parties, both sides were very happy with that. Now, the reason why I, I mentioned that is that is that if Trump were in office, this wouldn't be happening. But the reason is more complex. Right now, Biden economics is going to make it almost impossible for the UAW and the auto workers to come to a deal. And for the following reason, uh, Biden, with his Green New Deal and all that stuff, has basically shipped off much of our electric vehicle production to China. And the biggest enemy over there is (laughs) Tesla, by the way. Elon Musk, biggest Tesla factory in the world in Shanghai, is going to inundate us with with exports into the U.S. that's going to devastate Ford and GM. So the point is that From the automakers' viewpoint, uh, even though they've been making good profits, going forward, they're going to get crushed. So they don't have a lot of money uh, to hang around. And then for the auto workers themselves, hey, they can ask for 36% wage hike over four years. But if there's 40% inflation, uh, they're going to lose. So what they're demanding, watch this very carefully. The most important thing they're going to argue about is a COLA, cost of living adjustment. They lost that in 2007 um, in an era of virtually no inflation. Um, If they don't get it back, they run the risk of just getting hammered by the Biden uh, inflation, which is really, really digging in. And and by the way, Peter, Peter, also, I want to bring up a point. Um, John brought this up, John Katsimatidis. You made a great point, John, that if the auto workers, uh, the the industry, wasn't like imposed on all these green energy deals and EVs and all that. Ford is losing $4.5 billion every 13 weeks just on EVs. General Motors is not reporting the exact numbers, but they think it's between three and four billion dollars. You know, if these, if the White House didn't force these cars to go into electric vehicles, maybe they'd have some extra money to pay these United Auto Workers. This is going to cost people jobs too. To understand that yeah. EVs are going to cost United Auto Workers jobs. 
How do they and reconcile here's, themselves here's with a, that? If I may, guys, it's a subtle point, but please understand, an EV is not a, a combustion engine car. And a lot of the good jobs for the UAW came from making engines and the things that go along with the combustion engine. And those are gone. We've basically sent that to communist China. They've got the competitive advantage with their slave labor and their pollution havens in what the engine is, which is the friggin' battery, which is about 30% of the entire cost of the car. And they just, Biden doesn't think through any of this. Never would have happened under Donald Trump. Like I say, four years ago, I solved this in 48 hours on behalf of the By the way, today I understand that the uh, government gave a Chinese battery company $10 billion to the Chinese as a gift. Wait, yep. who did that? Yep. Who did that, John? Our government. The White oh, House. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, you read the, the not-so-fine print in these friggin' uh, mega bills that are crushing this country that Biden signed on the Green New Deal. And it just it's a lot of taxpayer subsidies that's, that are siphoned off to communist China. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, this is the last stand of the auto industry, and, and it's just – I mean, this debt limit thing's coming up, and one of the—I mean, if we don't make a stand there and get some rollbacks on some of this insanity, um, this is just the beginning of what's going to be a long kind of '70s style era of pain. And everybody, we're talking to Peter Navarro, who is, of course, assistant to President Trump. What do you feel about the uh, justice system, Peter Navarro? I understand. (laughs) I understand you're getting screwed too. What is the finest working railroad in D.C.? Is that, is that the comment? Look, um, I got another piece out just hot off the press in um, the Washington Times right now and on my Substack, PeterNavar.substack.com. It's basically lessons that I learned having just gotten convicted. Check this out. I was charged for a crime, alleged crime, that no senior White House advisor in the entire history of our republic has ever been charged with. And for good reason, the Department of Justice, or injustice as the president, I like to call it, has had a more than 50-year policy done that senior White House advisors and alter egos of the president, like me, absolutely cannot be compelled to testify before Congress and therefore can't be held in contempt. And, and they, you know, look, they, they're coming after me, Trump, Giuliani, Clark, Eastman, everybody I serve with in the White House, and you and I and the American people know what this is about. It's about election interference. It's about keeping Trump off the ballot or out of the White House, in, 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 off the ballot in 2024, out of the White House in 25, and keeping people like me, senior advisors, who, by the way, created hundreds of thousands of jobs with the boss and saved millions of lives during the pandemic and solved an auto strike, keeping us on the sidelines and maybe in prison. I'm facing a prison term for a, for a, for a, a crime that isn't a crime, according to the, the just Department of Justice policy. So am I happy about that? Do I think we've got a good system of justice? No, we don't. It's, it's a I understand there was another article that things are starting to cool in between the Attorney General's office and, and the White House. Have you heard that? Well, sure. I mean, but that's all about the DOJ going after uh, the, the prodigal son there. But and by the way, I would be remiss in not asking the people of WABC, defendpeter.com, defendpeter.com. This has already cost me over a half a million dollars 
that's the other thing. It's lawfare. Wow. They try to they bankrupt half over half a million dollars, and this is going to appeal. I've got a beautiful chance for an appeal, uh, and it's a historic case. The question here's the question: the constitutional separation of powers. Question: Can a partisan legislative branch compel senior White House advisors and alter egos of the president to testify before Congress? And going back to George Washington, the all answer has always been no. But if my conviction holds, that's going to flip. And the reason why the separation of powers is important, as the Supreme Court has opined repeatedly, is it creates efficient, effective decision-making in the White House. All right. Well, so I'm, I'm like the test case here. I all right. Well, we're we're going to test you. We're going to get you on again real soon. Yeah, you got to come gotta back take, on again soon, we got to take a hard break right now. Guys, well, Jack. we miss you. We, we're you here for you. got to come back on. All right. That was fun. Be sure and visit my Substack at www.peternavarro.substack.com. That's peternavarro.substack.com. And if you want to help with the Legal Defense Fund, you can always go to defendpeter.com. Defendpeter.com. Peter Navarro, out.